Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 16 of Beer Not the Podcast, Adjunct Series, Quarantine Edition. I am here once again with my gorgeous partner and everything, Tiffany. I, like to I am fantastic, and how are you? Fantastic, also, in addition. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Right that? That's wonderful. It is uh, another Friday. Uh, we are live on YouTube, and for those watching and for those listening, you missed out, fam. You missed out. Um, guys, we've got a really special podcast. So for the last 15 episodes, we've either had Tiff and I by ourselves or we've had uh, either friends in the industry or just breweries that we sort of know I happen to be talking to. Like we weren't really proactively trying to sort of, um, you know, like book uh, people to talk to for the for the podcast. But tonight, uh, this was something that I really, really wanted to do. Um, it couldn't be more timely. Um, you guys might have seen the Black is Beautiful international collaboration beers uh, all over. If you're in, into beer, like there's no way you don't know about it pretty much wherever you are. So we have the man behind all of that, Marcus Baskerville from Weathered Souls in San Antonio, Texas. Welcome, my man. How are you guys doing this evening? Fantastic. How are you? Doing well. I can't complain. I love it. I, too many people listen anyway, right? Right? <laughs> uh, I appreciate you taking the time out, man. I know things must be pretty crazy for you guys uh, with everything that's that's happening. I'm sure it's taking over, taking over your life right now. Yeah, it's been pretty busy uh, pretty much for the last month and a half. Uh, my life has been pretty much devoted to the initiative. I can imagine. It's, um, it's super crazy. First of all, you know, Congrat! Oh yes, here we go. Uh, congratulations on on the whole thing. I mean, the success of it is insane. Um, the uptake across the world uh, and how many countries and how many states across the US is is just wild. So, man, you guys must be pretty pretty happy. Yeah, I, I nineteen would, I would countries. That's just nineteen that's countries. Amazing. I didn't even know it was that much. Yeah, it's amazing. And every state, pretty much. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, what state is missing? It definitely, <laughs> definitely wasn't uh, what I expected off of the gate. Yeah. Um, I think originally when I talked to my business partner about the uh, initiative and what I was trying to do, it was going to be like maybe 200, 250 people involved. Um, so it'd be over well over a thousand, all 50 states, 19, 20 countries. I mean, it's completely insane. It really is. I mean, I guess it shows it, it was it's an issue, essentially, and we'll get to this in more detail, uh, that, that is, you know, obviously affects the entire world. But it started with something much more locally in the States and to show that, that the whole world is behind it, as you've seen, I guess, with the protests that are everywhere and then now the uptake on this beer in an industry that is overwhelmingly white is very promising, um, for at least from, exactly. on the surface. So, man, it's amazing. I'm excited to hear more about it. But um, before we get to that, let's maybe we should position you guys because personally, I heard of you guys through our good friends Tio and Benny at Crowns and Hops. Um, they had spoken okay. of you guys. You, you know them, right? I, I think you guys are friends or are at least familiar with each other. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. and Benny are the homies. Yeah. yeah, good, good, good. So, like, we worked with them through our agency last year. They've been good friends for like five years. So they've always put us on game of who's doing, okay. doing what's in the states. Um, you're drinking the Black is Beautiful beer. Your one that you guys did right yeah. now? Yeah. Uh, no. So I'm actually drinking. Uh, Worldworks version of it. Ooh, Colorado Joe. Yeah, yes. Worldworks did uh, with uh, vanilla, Madagascar vanilla beans, and it's 
it's actually pretty, well, not actually, but it's pretty delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, heavy dark roast, you know, some dark chocolate, um, and then a nice, mellow, sweet vanilla on the back end. It's uh, fantastic. That is amazing. Did it's you try it? has a nice body, yeah, still a nice lingering body to it. It's not thin or anything like that. What's the uh, ABV on that one? Theirs ended up at 10.9, almost 11%. Vegan, love it. Are you going to get hold of most of them, do you think? A, a brewery is like sending them to you? Yeah, so we've uh, started to receive packages uh, from breweries as far <laughs> as their uh, versions go. So I've been taking a couple home, uh, leaving most of them at work, depending on how many they send. Of course. Um, so we can do like a huge tasting at some point with this <laughs> and try, you know, try all of them as far as who ends up sending some. Yeah. So we'll wait about another month or <clears throat> wait about another month or so and see what other ones come in and then we'll have a big staff get together and, and try all of them. That'd be dangerous. Eh? That is gonna be a dangerous evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're already at about I think maybe twelve to fifteen different variations already. So okay. should be interesting when, you know, some rolling in. That, that if there's over a thousand out there, then that is going to yeah. be like, yeah, wow. I hope you get all of them. That's cool. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. just for the people, we just started as well. We are drinking the, because we couldn't get any. The Black is Beautiful beers, I think, are still either going to be sold direct from breweries or they just haven't come out yet. So we try. We're in Montreal, Quebec. So I think there's been a re- reasonably decent uptake here, but I think there might be ones that aren't in distro. So we've been a couple times this week to try and get them. But in honor of it all, we're drinking a stout. This is actually a local one, Glutenberg, gluten-free, imperial stout. Um, 8% of had Sidlin this for like four years. It's actually pretty good. It does not taste like it does have, doesn't have any uh, barley in it. Yeah, that would do really well. Okay. Yeah, pretty solid. So uh, let's get into your personal history, man. Let's hear about it. Like, how did you personally get into beer, and then how did that lead into the, the brewery company? Um, I got into beer out of peer competition. Um, okay. I'm a very, I'm a very competitive person in nature. Um, I'm the middle child. Uh, so my brother actually started brewing first. He did like a, a Mr. Beer kit and it came out horrible. <laughs> and it was one of those things like, uh, well, I could brew a better beer than me. And so I actually didn't brew on my own at first. Uh, we brewed a beer together, and it was tolerable, nothing crazy. Uh, it was like a Bell's Hot Slam clone. Um, and then from there, did another beer that came out tolerable. Um, in the course of that, I ended up uh, taking a promotion with uh, the company I was working for at the time and moved out here to San Antonio. Um as many know, San Antonio has some pretty bad drivers out here. Okay. So with the first, first three days of being here, I got in a car accident. Oh. Uh, <laughs> basically had my car had my car totaled, and um, I took the insurance money and bought a Blitman uh, home brewing kit. Hey, good investment. And, uh, yeah, big uh, one of the big research systems that they had. Spent a couple thousand dollars on that. Decided that um, I was going to spend the majority of my time since I was home homebrewing. Um, so I did that for about a year and a half. Um, I was still making beer that was just pretty much tolerable. 
Um, <laughs> then the, the thing that sparked motivation, I even almost stopped brewing at one time. And my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, she was uh, like, you better uh, keep brewing. You know, you just spent all that money on that equipment. <laughs> you better not give up. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all right, we'll give, it, we'll give it one more shot. So in the course of that, I was listening to um, the uh, Brewing Network a lot. And they had a session with Annie Johnson, uh, first black home brewer of the year, first woman home brewer of the year, first American light logger winner of the year. Um, and so listening to her, um, being that we were from the, the same city, uh, you know, uh, you looked at craft beer at the time and there wasn't many black representation. So to see you know, a black woman from the same city as you, it, it gave you some motivation, like, oh, I can do this shit, too. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, basically, took some notes from the things that she was saying that she was doing, and uh, the next beer that I made was better than tolerable. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> better uh, than tolerable. So, I was like, okay, yeah, like, okay, I think I can, I can get a grasp from this, so started taking it a little bit more seriously, listening to a lot of podcasts, doing a lot of reading, um, you know, experimenting a lot. At one point, I think I was brewing about three homebrews a month. Um, then when I got comfortable and confident in the beer that I was making, started entering a couple homebrew competitions, ended up winning a couple homebrew competitions, and then started bringing my, my beer to uh, local um, breweries, like um, tap rooms, stuff like that, let them try it. And so uh, this local brewery ended up letting me do a tap takeover. And the beer, you know, ended up selling out. Nice. Uh, so better than most of the stuff that they had on tap. Right. So Savage. the brewery ended up offering me a job as an assistant brewer. So I took the position, uh, so still had my full-time job, was working 40-plus hours as, as uh, management for a bank, and then also uh, working 30-ish to 30-plus hours at the brewery, uh, just to learn and gain the experience. <clears throat> so did that for a year. In the course of working there for a year, I kind of learned so what not to do and more so what to do, uh, but also grew very unhappy with the fact that I couldn't experiment. I couldn't do my own beers. You know, I would have ideas that, you know, would benefit some of their beers and, oh, we're just going to keep brewing this the way that we want to brew it. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. So even at one point, uh, their highest rated beer to date was a beer that I secretly added a ton of ingredients. So they had like an ingredient list for secondary and I ended up like quadrupling the amount of ingredients <laughs> that they had specified. And to this day, I mean, that's what, five years later, six years, five and a half years later, that's still their highest rated beer that they've ever had. Interesting. Uh, anyway, <laughs> grew unhappy. Um, got into a huge argument with uh, one of the owners at the time and I was like, well, I'm either going to have to quit or this dude is going to have to catch some hands in the park. <laughs> so I don't want to go to jail. So let me go ahead and just quit. <laughs> so I quit. And uh, me and my current business partner, uh, he was an investor for the brewery that I was working for. And um, 
basically we used to go out to this local bar all the time, have a couple of beers, and we had became friends over the course of that year. And I looked at him one day and I was like, Mike, when are we finna open a brewery? And he was like, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Amazing. And we literally started working on Weathered Souls like two days later. God damn. Wow. That is amazing. Where did the name come from, by the way? Uh, so the name is an ode to his father and grandfather. Are they Is that like a story behind that? Or is it just like... A, yeah, what is a weathered... What does that mean? You know, somebody that's weathered storm. You know, been, been through some stuff. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Okay. Dude, that's crazy. That's actually a sick story. So then, yeah. where were you from originally, by the way? I'm originally from Sacramento, California. Sacramento, okay. okay. And Annie Johnson, the name rings a bell. Um, does she, when you mentioned her, that's like, an, you know, the one of the first black women in beer. Who, is, who did she, did she have a brewery? Did she own them? Did she work for a brewery? No. She's no? Uh, still a very avid home brewer. I think okay. Annie lives in Seattle now. Okay. Uh, she was working for Pico Brew as one of their red. Oh, wow. That's why, That's why we know her. We, we interviewed we, them. We so, okay. I knew the, I knew her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, because I was like, I'm yeah. familiar. I just couldn't place it. Okay, sick. Mm-hmm. All right, so basically, you moved down there. You got the brewery going. Um, that when was that? So that was five and a half years ago. Is that when you started the? Yeah. So we opened the brewery November uh, 2016. Okay. And how long did it take you from the two days later after that conversation with Mike that you... Uh, a little you under a year and a half to open. It's not bad. It wasn't yeah. too bad. Okay. No, it wasn't too bad. So it was like dead ass serious from the, from the jump like you did in... Yeah, exactly. It was like straight away. Okay. Did you continue to work at your full-time job for a while until you... Yeah. So I worked uh, for... So I used to be a fraud manager for Citibank. Dealing okay. with a check fraud investigation. Right. And yeah, so I did that up until a week after our grand opening. And after wow. the grand opening, I was like, uh, this is going to be a lot busier than what I assumed. Um, so ended up quitting a week after the grand opening. Um, originally, I wasn't supposed to quit my like normal job for like another year um, <laughs> just because I wanted to save up some money and do some other stuff. But, right. you know, it got. Yeah, it got way too busy, and even then, um, the brewery itself needed more attention from me, so um, went ahead and made that jump. Okay. The, um, like, how did you manage juggling a full-time job in that year and a half and building a brewery, like, physically, finding a location, choosing the equipment, saying, you know? It was a lot, for sure. Uh, Mike? Um, took a lot of the, the bluntness of the initial work to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also had another business partner at the time who was no longer involved with the uh, brewery. Uh, but he, he did a lot of work uh, from the opening process to help get things situated. Okay. So it kind of took the pressure off you a little bit, knowing that. I, I imagine exactly. it was like from 5 to midnight. Yeah, you were probably... they, focused on most of the, they focused on most of the opening stuff, and I got to remain focused on the beer. Mm-hmm. Right. So from the beginning, your role was more focused around brewing, and, and is it still to this day? Yeah, you're the head brewer, right? Yeah. Okay, so you... Yeah, so I'm, I'm the head brewer. Okay. Um, I think in the last four and a half years, my hand has touched every beer in the brewery except for three. Wow. Nice. Okay, I was about to say the other way around. Were you on vacation, or how did you <laughs> miss the three? <laughs> 
<laughs> or did you say, um, fine, I you gave, get to do this? <laughs> so I gave my, at the time, uh, my two brewers assistants the opportunity to brew a beer when I was out of town. Um, needless to say, we had to name that something else. <laughs> and then I have, um, I have a new brewer now that hired um, actually a week before the pandemic started. Um, and so he's been trying to get comfortable in his role. So he's done a couple of beers, um, since then. Yeah. Okay. So are you, I guess, especially now since I've been busy with this. Yeah, of course. Right. So it's probably pretty much got like, uh, so once the initiative started, he pretty much got like an overnight promotion. Right. All right. Now you're taking care. (laughs) So would you, I guess typically I find that a lot of head brewers might end up being more, and particularly like co-founder head brewers. Uh, end up being maybe more like recipe designers at this point and don't end up touching the brews. Is there any like reason you've made sure that you are physically involved in the brew? Um, I'm just a very hands-on person. Um, I'm a very untrustworthy, like I don't <laughs> trust too many people with my product. I respect um, that a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, my new brewer, he's done a great job. Um, so I'm leaning a little less on dealing with that. Like I said, you know, he's done a couple of beers completely on his own. Uh, but even then, yes, the recipes are still mine. It's still my recipe formulation. Uh, but for me, it's just more so I want to make sure that the product is the way that I want it. Mm-hmm. So I know if my hands are on it, it's going to end up the way that I expect it to be for the most part. Man, I, I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, pre-pandemic, you know, we were doing a lot of collaborations and stuff like that. So uh, the original goal of hiring a brewer at the time was he was going to take over most of the production brewing, which would allow me to open up to do some of the more fun stuff that I had been doing at the time uh, without having to still worry about production. Right. Uh, but then COVID happened. So, you know, we've had to make a little few adjustments. Of course. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, a big uh, I guess game changer for everybody, but yeah. like, I feel like the beer industry. Actually, that's probably a good question. Like, how did that affect you guys? I've heard a variety. Some some breweries like were struggling, who have maybe have a, um, a less package focused business, and mm-hmm. some others have just pivoted and like, all right, it's just a hundred percent packaging. Yeah. Um, some it, places you can sell online easily. Some you couldn't. That's a good There's question. So many different. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you do that in Texas? I have no idea because every state yeah, and every uh, region is different. So for COVID, for us, it shut down the tap room. Uh, luckily. They did allow to-go options and delivery. Okay. Um, like via UPS so or via like a USPS? I don't know if anybody, I don't know if either of you guys have heard about how Texas went. So Texas oh, yeah, we heard. To be one of the guinea pigs for reopening, and yes. it was a horrible mistake. Yeah. Uh, so being said that, we basically had to close the second time. So first time, uh, the local community was super supportive. We were selling a lot of to-go beer, selling out of releases in 30 seconds to two minutes, that type of stuff on the weekends. Um, The second roll around has made things a little bit more difficult. Um, I don't think everybody is as excited as they previously were. Uh, because people were a little pissed off that they had to be locked in the house again. Yeah. They're exhausted. Um, so the second roll around, it's been a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we've been fortunate enough to not have to lay off anybody, not have to take any pay cuts or anything like that. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll be able to sustain it, uh, to sustain through. 
with uh, our new production model. So basically, we're going to go on like a three-week cycle, um, you know, fill up tanks, uh, have our mobile canning run come and can everything off, and then basically release and then do the same thing. And then in between those supplemental weeks, uh, do little small batch uh, releases to help out. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, we're surviving, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're doing better. We're doing better than some, which is is fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. What's what what's Texas like? What's going on there now? Like, uh, I know Florida's bad too. Are you guys just like uh, a shit show? Like shit show? It's like bad. what's your what's your six hundred new cases? Five hundred oh, new cases. Okay. Gotcha. Bad type of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's, Damn. It's been it's been crazy here in San Antonio. It makes sense what you're saying, though. It's like people are probably fed up now. Like before, you're like, all right, like in the first round, everybody's like, okay, we're going to do this thing for a few weeks, and like, that's fine. And they were like, oh, we'll stock up, yeah. and it's quarantine. Like, okay, like this is funny. And I think now, the second time around, of course, it makes sense that like, geez, people are just fed up now. They're probably yeah. exhausted, and they had a taste of like freedom. Exactly. And now, yeah. So your tap room was fully open, and your, did you guys get to that point, right? That like everything was back open and running? Is that what Texas so, got yeah, to? Yeah, we were at. 75 75% capacity. Oh, wow. Then I, I woke up Friday, went, woke up Friday uh, morning a few weeks ago, and then the government uh, governor uh, closed everything down at noon that day. So we opened at 11 o'clock. Oh, my that gosh. Wow. Wow. Uh, that is wild. Announced it at like nine o'clock. Yeah, announced it at like nine o'clock in the morning that day. Jesus. Okay, guys, sorry, your business. No Man, time you're around. Done. You're done here. Like, yeah, gotta shut, shut it down. Yeah, That's incredible. Right. What a nightmare. Our uh, our our state government has really fucked up this pandemic. It's been yeah, like bad. Completely horrible how they've how they've handled everything. Yeah, I mean, like I guess the consolation is it's not only y'all. <laughs> like it's. A bunch of other red oh, states. Oh, but then the whole part was crazy. Is so they've closed breweries and bars, but restaurants with bars are still open. So restaurants here are still at fifty percent capacity, and so if they have right. bars available within, you know, like seatings within their restaurants, people are still able to go inside, sit, drink, and do everything like that. So the big issue now is, okay, why are these restaurants that have yeah. open seating for drinking allowed to remain open, but breweries and bars have to close? Uh, so it's been a real headache dealing with that. Uh, you know, there's it's it's looking at, you know, who are you going to support and not support, and why aren't you supporting? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are pissed off at our governor right now dealing with yeah. that situation. That is so interesting. That makes no sense at all. And I find that wouldn't it be more dangerous in a restaurant than it would be like like a restaurant has way more people you think in the back than we were people. There's so many more touch points than someone serving you something in a glass and putting it down. Yes. So for that to be able to be open and then yeah, that's that's very interesting. And as well, like no sense. Is it to do with food, serving food? Like do you guys have a kitchen? Yeah, so we had a kitchen. Well, we have a kitchen. So, uh, so then, we so then you're a restaurant. <laughs> well, so we're fifty-one percent. So that's the difference. So oh. if you're fifty-one percent alcohol and over, then you have to close. If you're fifty percent or less, then you can remain open. That is so fucking so arbitrary. There's a brewery that there's a brewery that's open here because they sell more food than beer. Mm. Uh, but if you sell more beer than food, then you had to close down. 
Man, that is crazy. It's yeah. just arbitrary. Like, yeah. It's just like it's absolutely insane. Yeah. It feels more like they're invested somehow in restaurants or something, and that's the only reason why. There's definitely it's something strange really going on with these decisions. Especially because people can get food from Uber Eats and stuff like that, so that's very Yeah, what difference does it make? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, damn. Well, I mean, look, I, I like that you've been able to push through, and, and you know, the, the, if you're selling out like that. And that's what I've heard a lot about uh, from a lot of breweries like who were moving to that online model mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't have before because you didn't need to. Like, the releases, like, I thought it would be easier to get beers that were harder to get prior to COVID and now like anything uh-huh. any little semblance of hype it's gone yeah. like same thing a lot of breweries here it's out of control and I I guess it's annoying as a consumer but at the same token we also own a business so I'm also like alright man whatever keeps the doors open right now like if that's what's working and all the hype heads are just going and buying it like mad quick then more power to you right like whatever works and then on top of that you guys have the the initiative that have sort of taken you to, to this whole other awareness space in craft yeah. beer worldwide, not even like, um, yeah, worldwide, not even just within the States. Yeah. Um, just before we got to the other stuff, um, oh, Bassem, says so we got a couple of live comments the from the, from the YouTube, <laughs> Bassem, shouts to Bassem, oh, favorite part of the week. <laughs> I say it to you. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, I wanted to ask as well, like something that, that, you know, obviously we are a diverse podcast and having friends like Tio and Benny, you know, leading like diversity charge in, in craft beer. This is like 20 breweries that are black owned, if I'm not mistaken, from what Tio told me last, uh, in out of seven and a half to 8,000. Is that accurate? So I want to say there's over 8,000 breweries in the United States and there's about 60 breweries 60 now. Okay. that have some type of minority ownership. Okay, so essentially like less than 1%. Less, less than 1%. Arguably. Yes, it's less, literally less than 1%. I mean, to give you a, like a comparison, so I'm in Texas, right? Okay. So Texas has close to... Texas has close to 400 breweries. I'm the only black owner in the state. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So I wanted to ask you as a uh, as a black man who is an entrepreneur, uh, you know, starting a brewery is not an easy task for anybody. Um, how, how has it been? Like, what are, do you have, have you had any specific challenges that, uh, that you could speak to? Um, how have you felt welcomed into the industry? Like, how has it, how has the experience been for you in such a white world? So my experience has been a little different than some. Um, I know individuals that have had very hard times getting in the industry, getting promotions in the industry. I've known consumers that have had issues, um, you know, going to to breweries, bars, different stuff like that, from the way they're perceived to how people present beer to them and different things like that. Um, For me personally, I haven't had too many of those issues. Good. Uh, off the off the gate for me, you know, um, it was the Caucasian males that were supportive and me wanting to get into brewing. Uh, offered up um, opportunities for me to, to, to learn. Uh, me texting them at any time, asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the couple times that I've had had negative experiences have been more so. Like um, our old business partner that was with the brewery, for instance, was a young white male, long hair, and everybody automatically assumed he was the head brewer. Mm. So anytime you know somebody would mm. come in, they'd want to speak to him, and 
you know, oh, can I talk to the brewer? And it was like, this dude doesn't brew any beer here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we've had, we've had those types of experiences. Um, I've had experiences from where, from where, 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 and this older white woman comes to me, she's trying to say So when I open the door, I'm like, hi, how are you doing this morning? Can I speak to one of your owners or, or management, please? So it pissed, it pissed me off instantly because, for one, I've already had to deal with it for a couple of months. The brewery had been open for a couple of months at that point. But then I guess that morning, you know, I didn't have my coffee yet. It struck me. So I'm like, I had to tell her, I'm like, well, what makes you assume that I'm not the owner? Oh, I, I didn't mean to say, well, ma'am, you already offended. So regardless of what you tried to do, you know, there, there should have been no reason that you didn't assume that I was one of the owners of management because I'm in here working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being said, said that, I'll let you know right now, I am the owner and I don't want any of your business. Um, so we've had those i've had those type of experiences um you know i've had the experience to where i'm a very vocal blunt spoken person and so you know i've I've said things in like groups and stuff that didn't take too well with uh certain individuals um but outside of that like i really haven't had too many issues getting in the industry but I mean, you even look at to the way that our brewery was funded, you know, it's not the typical situation you're out drinking with somebody and you're like, when we're going to open a brewery and they're like, hey, let's get this started. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a good source in the sense of uh, the representation of being mistreated in the brewing industry because I haven't really experienced it too much. But I can say 100% that I know individuals have had to go through. Right. Are there barriers that people have told mm. you about that you know that are people of color and like that have that they've said like this is the reason why because it's just such a insane like Steve just commented like that's a crazy out of whack figure. Yeah, the sixty um, the out of six, eight thousand, like, and it is, it is, insane. and it's not to the fact that there are black people out there who don't love it's beer. Multiple, like we know. I mean, yeah, you look at it, and there's multiple reasons as to why. Uh, the brewing industry is so white driven. I mean, even if you go back to the 70s when these craft breweries were starting to open up, black people couldn't go get a small business loan. Like, mm. it would have been impossible for us to go inside of a, a bank and be like, hey, hey, I want to brew beer for a living. Like, you know, <laughs> give me some money and open a, let me open a brewery. Yeah. yeah. They would have looked at us and would have been like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you look at stuff like that. Uh, to beer not being marketed or advertised to people of color. I mean, you look at any of the brewery settings of most breweries that post on social media, how often do you see them advertising to people of color? Mm-hmm. I can tell you it, it happens too often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from that, and then that tears these individuals for wanting to go inside of these places because now they feel that it's not inclusive. They, don't, they feel that they're not welcome. Mm-hmm. It's because that atmosphere has always been so white dominated that the majority assume that the brewing industry is not inclusive, but we know that it has obviously, especially with this initiative, 
uh, we know that it has the ability to actually be very inclusive. Very true. Right. Well, it's very cool that um, that you haven't experienced a lot of that stuff, but uh, particularly, you know, at least you're aware that it is happening. Um, well, and that, I like that you identified those barriers because it does yeah. go back to the 70s. It's like what has been exactly. the option for people of color to get cash, to get loans. Yeah. And it's still hard now, even when you think about the grants that are surrounding COVID in the U.S. Exactly. The grants are, the stipulations around the grants become almost nearly impossible for a small black business owner to actually I mean, even benefit at, from it at all. I mean, you look at, uh, like, Crowns and Hops, for instance, right? Yeah. So... I know they, but they went through almost 200 investors to get money for funding. And that brewery, you know, is like right down the street from the new stadium in Crenshaw. Like, it literally should have been a no-brainer yeah. in this location. Yeah. There's going to be so much money flowing through that brewery just based off of what they have going on that it should have been a no-brainer for whoever they spoke to yeah. to offer up money. But even for them, and even with the social media backing that they and have, the press. With the promotional work that they've done, yeah. With, with the press that they have with brew dogs behind them, like it's still difficult for them. So yeah. again, you know, I, I'm not a good source for for uh, um, type of issues. But again, I know people that have literally been through the ringer trying to get involved in the industry, and so I mean, it's very much mm. prevalent. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just fortunate and lucky enough enough to not I've not had. Yeah. No, I mean, look, better to not, I guess, you know, if most people are going through it, it's definitely fortunate that you haven't had to deal with that as much. Yeah. Um, I want to just get the next beer. Yeah, let me grab it. Go. It's what the 12, it's a Sir John in the beer from the small fridge. It's oh, Sir just John. It's 12.01. Oh, because Sir John thing. did, yes. um, yeah. Um, so, I guess then, this is the, the perfect kind of segue. Have you got uh, another one? What do you, oh, you got, you're going straight to the, the booze there. I like that. I'm going to move to a little bit of bourbon now. <laughs> Hey, where else can you go from a 10.9% uh, Imperial Star, right? It's, right. A, it's an obvious next step. Um, so this is like the, the, the good segue. So the Black is Beautiful uh, whole concept. Do you want to just describe how that how that came about and then sort of how it grew into what it is now? Because it's just, it's insane. It's, and it came out at the perfect uh, time. Uh, so well executed. So... Basically, how I ended up coming on this initiative Tip was first. my disappointment in not participating in the protest. Okay. And originally, I mean, to be honest, I didn't have any real want to participate in the protest until, and it didn't actually, this, this point of it didn't hit me until today. I was actually having a conversation with somebody earlier today. And I was listening to uh, Brianna Taylor's mom give her story on what occurred the night that her daughter was gunned down and the process that the police ran her through to uh, that they basically ran her through to even find out what happened to her daughter. And I'm in the car going to work and this conversation literally brought tears to my eyes. It was so sad dealing with how they did her like that. And as a uh, black man that has two small girls of my own, like it super resonated with me that something needs to be done. Like this shit is nuts. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to figure out a way that 
I could make a statement within myself, uh, be proud of myself for doing so uh, without upsetting my 98% white customer base. Uh, so originally I was going to release the beer Black is Beautiful um, as a like standalone beer, donate you know some of the proceeds, and this would be like my statement, you know, in the brewing industry for how I felt about the current situation going on. Um, in the process of that, I was having a conversation over the weekend with uh, Jeffrey Stuffings at Jesterton, and we were you know texting about race relations, Trump, you know, different little things like that. And I had sent them the label, and Jeff was like. I would understand, this is how his text went, I would understand if you don't want to, but I think you should turn this into a collaboration. And I was like, you know what, Jeff, that's a fantastic idea. Mm -hmm. So, basically, uh, spent the next 24 hours formulating up a, a detailed mission statement. Um, I couldn't sleep at all, just trying to figure out how I wanted the processes, so... I ended up getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, going to work, and writing out the initiative. I wrote the whole initiative in less than 24 hours. Wow. Uh, contacted my label guy. was like, hey, Kevin, uh, I want a label that showcases the different hues of black. I told him, I said, I gave him what the reason was for. And then I said, you know what? I'm not going to give you too much more detail out of that because I'm very usually detail-oriented how I want my labels. Uh, but I was like, I'm not going to give you any more detail out of that. I want to see how woke you are. <laughs> and so, and that's literally what I texted him. And, I mean, Kevin, I mean, you can look at the label. You know, Kevin did a, a great job with it. Yeah. Uh, highlighting the different the different hues and colors of black and what they represent. Um, so, from there, presented it to my business partner the next morning. Um, he was like, whenever you're ready to run it, or, you know, we went from there. Um, originally, I told them, you know, there was going to be maybe 200, 250 people. We would probably get involved within it uh, based off of who we knew and and um, where our brewery was kind of seated at at the time. And, I mean, we surpassed that 200 breweries in 48 hours. Amazing. And then after that, I was like, all right, you know, it'll slow down at some point. <laughs> we'll set the new goal at like five. Then we hit 500 in a couple weeks, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, this is bigger than what I thought. All right, I'm gonna move the, uh, I'm gonna move it to a thousand, which I never even thought I would hit. I even told one of my best friends, uh, Kyle at Eden Island, I was like, man, I'm gonna go skydiving if we hit a thousand. <laughs> he was like, no, you're gonna come. He was like, you're gonna come to Hawaii, and we're gonna go uh, swim with sharks because he knows <laughs> I hate the ocean. <laughs> so, you know. Hitting a thousand breweries was never in my mindset at all because I sure didn't agree to that. So, uh, <laughs> so now you, you know, are you going to do it? We're over, well past over a thousand breweries involved. Uh, but dealing with the initiative itself, you know, the beer is only one aspect of it. The beer is to to, to bring the message front, right? To spark that conversation. Uh, but the more important things about this initiative is one, the communication. And the uh, the communication and dialogue that is now created with breweries with people that they would have normally never have seen within their breweries. Uh, two, you're making the breweries allies for the communities now, uh, for people of color, for black people that they would normally not be involved in. 
So you have these breweries that are donating, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to these to these entities that normally would not look at breweries as an ally to them or somebody that they can work with. Um, and then the other thing is is building the long term goal. So we know that the brewing industry isn't inclusive at all, or it's inclusive, but we know that it's not very democratic. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not a lot of diversity here. Um, there's it's the majority white male type of situation. Um, so what we ask for these breweries is long-term growth. What are you going to do after the beer is released? What are you going to do after that money is donated? You know, is it going to fall down the wayside and that's it? You know, you're gonna pat yourself on the back and say, "Oh, you know, I, I donated some money," but we know it goes it goes greater and further than that. This is a situation that has been going on for hundreds of hundreds of years, and it's a humanity issue at this point. Yeah. It pisses me off when people sit here and talk about, oh, "I don't want my politics in beer, mm. uh, sir." This isn't a fucking politics issue at yeah. all. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with politics. These are human beings that are being mistreated every fucking day. Oh, excuse my language. For, no, you can cuss. That's fine. Mistreated for. Yeah. I've like I've physically have have felt the abuse of police power. You know, I've gone through those situations to where I've been racially profiled for having a nice vehicle. Um, you know, my parents were fortunate enough to, um, you know, have money. So at one point, we moved from the hood to the white neighborhood. And I used to get pulled over all the time in my nice Mustang for being in this white neighborhood and, you know, that type of situation. So all of that stuff resonates with you and it keeps a chip on your shoulder, to be honest. Mm. And so dealing with this initiative, it means so much because you look at this and I don't think in history we've seen a thousand plus businesses. So not just breweries, but physical businesses move commerce to one cause supporting social justice and equality, right? We've all gone through the civil rights movement. We've seen that in the 60s. But I can't say there was a thousand businesses from one industry that devoted themselves to, to moving this cause. And that's what's been the most amazing thing about this initiative. You look at it and especially to talk about the white industry, I mean the brewing industry being so white dominated and you look and we're the first industry to go ahead and show that we can be inclusive and show the support of almost I mean, a thousand people behind this movement. And yeah. so you know, it's 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 crazy, it's insane and it's completely humbling that the brewing industry has driven the cause as far as it's really gotten. Yeah. Really, really cool, man. I love it. It's it, it particularly was one. It was cool because I always feel like if there's something that sort of started in the states, it's you know, beer is very territorial. Whether it's like city, states, or province, or cat or country, right? So to see the Canadian breweries, and I guess this probably would have been the thing I would imagine that would have tripped you out. Was like Canada was the first country, was the first country to participate outside of the U.S. Yeah. Do you know who the first brewery was by chance? Off the, or like. Not off the top of my top? head. Okay. So that, that made us proud because, that, you know, like you said, we're, something that's important to us. We've always been focused on this on this uh, issue as well. And it's something we've been talking about for years and, and that wasn't really getting you – know, I feel like there was a few key people and uh, everybody wasn't embracing it. 
I'm looking to found the, the Canadian. That's, I just want to see that's it. not bad. I feel like there should be more. That's it. There should it. be way more to that. Like than that's, well, this, sorry, this is not Canada. This is Ontario. Oh, yeah. it's Ontario only. Okay, Yeah, cool. Ontario, 25. Quebec. 25. Um, Quebec, too. Quebec is Quebec, two? Oh, that's really, why we couldn't get it. Quebec, you really you need to. Quebec had, Quebec had the first Really? I Who would it say? I wonder. Do you know if it was Bar Canada? Probably, probably was, Bar Canada. They were about it. The other one yeah. is this one, Sir John. I, this is the guy one we were looking for today. So this is one of their other stouts called Twelve Oh One. Yeah. Uh, best we could do to to get <laughs> so it. So like I think there's. The I actually think it's not out yet though. Oh okay. Um, but uh, did, how did that feel when you when you saw that? Oh, first of all, cheers, yeah. cheers, bro. So you get the you get the bourbon there. Cheers. Mm, wow, this is solid. This is like ten or eleven percent as well. I think. Ooh, all right. Cocoa. Uh, <laughs> it's all in French. What does it say? Madagascar vanilla, cocoa nibs, maple syrup, and Sicilian uh, pepper. Okay. Nice. Fire. Um, how did it feel when you had the first okay. Cana- that, that first Canadian brew? Like, how did that? Did you like? Oh shit! Like this is like this is, this is not a game right now. This <laughs> is about to be something that's much larger than I ever anticipated. Because I guess it was cool. Yeah, it was out of Texas. In, uh... So. I uh, only have a few friends in the brewing industry. So, you know, my homies at Inu, Claim to Stay, Turning Point, Genius, uh, Jester King, um, Finback, uh, Forger, uh, uh, there was one more brewery, um, Green Bench. Okay. Outside of those eight breweries, I didn't contact anybody else. Okay. So, wow. everything. Everything was built organically. People tagging other brewery, breweries, breweries. Uh, uh, people involved that way. So to see breweries actually make those physical efforts, efforts to go ahead, to go ahead and evolve. I mean, it's I can't say anything, but it's amazing. Like it's very cool. Just because, like the coming back to sort of what I mentioned earlier, that the the issue started from some stuff that happened in the states, and obviously. Um, it's something that, uh, that that struck a chord across the world with everybody. I, you know, when I saw protests, I'm from Australia, and I saw protests in Australia for George Floyd. I'm like, are you serious? That is wild right now. And I, it shows that people are tired of it everywhere. Yeah. So it's this American-specific problem that really isn't. It's sort of everywhere. So for us, I was, we were just super proud. It was like cool that these Canadian breweries, who, like you said, no one thinks about it. No one's marketing to anybody, but... I guess whoever the owners are, which are typically white male, because are, and all the teams are all like everybody, and they're just marketing to them to see them to be like, yo, we need to be a part of this. Um, it was very, like I said, promising and very like, all right, maybe maybe more people get it than we thought. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, and I don't want, I don't want this to come across as negative in any shape or form. With the other half one, the all together, which I imagine would be some form of a an inspiration, knowing that it, you know, that was quite successful. <laughs> a few months before um, you guys um, it was a recipe that was designed to use uh, 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 ingredients that were sort of sitting around the brewery stuff that they wouldn't have to go in the way to mm-hmm. get it because it was from the for the pandemic now when this came about it was June I, I imagine right like month and a half ago so it sounds about right and um, this specific beer is a little more hectic because it's a stout and or imperial stout however the brewery decides to go with it it's you know a bit more specialty ingredients um, the only critic, like I didn't hear a single 
like everything is over, like like 100% positive. But the only criticism I saw, and I wanted to ask you specifically because I wanted you to address it because I have seen it being mentioned on social and I thought it might be educational for people uh, if you hear it from your mouth, was the ingredients that were required for this one were a little more intense. And I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, the more of the proceeds, it was like 100% of either the proceeds or profits went to the charities. And breweries, uh, I saw one pushback where people were saying that, well, we don't have these sitting around. How do you expect us to have the money to do this in the middle of a pandemic when we're not all doing that well? So I did see multiple posts on social like mentioning this, hey, hey, if you need some help, talk to us. Do you want to maybe speak to that and you know why you made the decision for whatever percentage it is of proceeds to go to charity and how you've been helping breweries to get involved? Yeah, um, so... so Dealing with other halves initiative altogether, right? Um, dealing with the resilience uh, IPA. All of this was money that was filtered to help breweries specifically, right? So the all together initiative was to basically brew a beer to put money back into your pocket and then filter money into the um, industry, you know, the service industry. The resilience uh, was more so to one cause supporting the fires. Um, dealing with this issue, we have a thousand breweries involved. Um, dealing with the fact, dealing with the money, there. This is why we chose local. So now you have all of these breweries that are involving their funds locally, uh, which is the most important thing. I didn't want it to go to one fund. I didn't want to have control over the money or choose who people donated money to. I wanted them to support their local communities. Uh, but overall, with the overall 100% of proceeds, that was actually uh, something that Sam from Other Half suggested. Okay. And uh, we had a conversation, and uh, he was him and Other Half were fantastic. They offered up their basic, all their uh, resources from the All Together Initiative. So that's, that's why the uh, website looks kind of similar to theirs. Stout Collective went, took over our our WordPress website nice. made it look nice. And, you know, um, yeah, Craft Peak is working on an online uh, mm-hmm. store for us so we don't end up having the issues that we had last time. But to get back on the track, um, there is a ton of vendors that are available uh, that are offering free ingredients and discount ingredients and stuff like that. Um, and then also we know that COVID is going on. We know that there are some breweries that are struggling. This isn't something that needs to be completed tomorrow. We know that social injustice and equality aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So even if you were to brew this beer six months from now, eight months to now, shit, two years from now, you're still contributing to your local community and you're still putting that message out there uh, to get the word out there and to show your support. You're helping the cause of equality. You're helping the cause of inclusion, regardless of when you get the beer in. It's more of this, this initiative is not going anywhere. It's more of a get in when you fit in. Right. So, you know, I've seen those complaints too. And for those people, I tell them, get signed up. See what vendors are offering free ingredients, uh, discounted ingredients. I mean, just like, for instance, BSG was offering free hops. Wow. Uh, Proximity Vault was offering four bags of specialty grain for for the batch, uh, White Labs, 25% off. American Cannon is offering, uh, offering discounts on packaging. Um, Pertainer's offering discounts on, on uh, packaging. Um, you know, there's multiple vendors that have involved themselves 
to make this more of a streamlined activity for these breweries so we can see more participation. Um, so dealing with 100% of the proceeds, again, this is a humanity issue. This isn't an issue that's to help out your brewery. This isn't an issue to bring more money or commerce into your physical brewery or to make you look good on a pedestal like, hey, I'm over here pandering and helping. Mm -hmm. This is to literally join a movement and build those funds and commerce for your local entities and to start building a foundation that this country should have had hundreds of years ago. Big facts. Thank you for answering that, honestly, man. I think that's, uh, that's super key. Those are something I've wanted to ask you directly for a while now just because I've heard that. And I was like, well, I'm sure that you would have a solid uh, you know, response to all of that. You figured this out. You thought this through. It's not something that you just threw out on the wind. So um, if there was a brewery who was considering getting involved, is there any sort of words you would say to them if someone's listening now and they're like, you know, on the, on the, on the edge about it? Is there anything you'd say to them? There shouldn't be anybody on the edge. Either you're in support of it or you're not. Great and point. If you're not in support of it, then I'm looking at you, right? <laughs> um, and a lot of people are looking at you if you're not involved yes. at this point. You yeah. have a thousand breweries involved. People are going to start noticing those ones who aren't saying anything, who aren't involved. And that's not a, a pressure statement to get people to get involved. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, people know where their hearts are. People know. Uh, what they believe in and if they believe in equality they believe in inclusion and if they believe in making this a better world for people of color and black people and minorities in general then they're going to get their asses involved yeah I mean that's pretty much all I can say about it yeah I love it I've definitely seen the ones who have gone in like our friends like town and things like that in, in Ontario um, have dived in like head first yeah. they have like immediately like yeah we're doing it and I really, I, I hope, I, I imagine this might be something that you've spoken to about. I hope that, now I didn't realize it was one of the way that it worked when you were just saying before, if you can't afford it now, if things are a bit rough, then, you know, towards the end of the year, if that works better, then jump in then. Do you think many breweries are going to um, make it a regular thing, like do it once every month or two? Or? I think so, yeah. No? Uh, I know some breweries are already working on barrel-aged versions. Uh, oh, nice. Year. Like I that. heard that. Yeah, so I'm hoping that you know. I'm hoping that this turns into a solid foundation and it continues. I mean, I plan on releasing it at least once a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we've actually had talks with uh, some retailers recently that want to make it a big thing. So, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what happens from it. But I'm hoping that it becomes a foundation and and breweries uh, ride this wave until we actually start seeing some physical change. I love it. It could even be, now you mentioned that, with retails, if you partner and get a whole bunch of breweries, it could be like a Juneteenth release every year or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's just like, you know, everybody gets around it to celebrate. And I mean, I would hope to see it more often because uh, I'm sure breweries can, you know, afford to do it a couple of times a year, particularly yeah. if vendors are doing that. Yeah. That is insanely cool, man. If they're giving all of those discounts and free hops and, yeah. and, and, and free malt and all that type of stuff. I mean, that's exceptional. That's, discounts on packaging, all of that. Yeah, that's like industry that's, buy-in yeah, in a true. way that I, I didn't actually imagine would be uh, would be happening. That's With that, there's really no excuse. You're right. There's no excuse. Yeah. You're in it or you're not. Right. And we've even seen, you know, other industries start getting involved. So Jaeger... Uh, you know, they partner with breweries like uh, Stone, Jay Wakefield. Yeah. Uh, we'll be one of their 2021 partners. Um, but they're donating up to $50,000 between all their partners. Amazing. Wow. So you have other 
you have other industries getting involved now. Uncle Nearest is going to be sending us a barrel. Nice. So the Asian beer at the, the Black is Beautiful Inn, they wanted to get involved. Eddie contacted us about getting some Black is Beautiful product out there. Um, you know, there's been coffee companies that have contacted us. Uh, let's see, glassware, numerous, numerous things outside of here. And so to see these other industries want to start getting involved and wanting to start participating, you know, that should streamline it for the rest of the breweries. But even other industries, this is something that can filter into other industries, other businesses to want to get involved. And I'm hoping that's that's kind of where it goes at this point. You know, that's amazing. I can see even like uh, when you were saying it earlier about retail, the first time I was like, yo, imagine like you mentioned coffee now, like a black is beautiful coffee roast or something yeah. that would give do the same yeah. concept. I can see or, like black and gold doing that yeah. and stuff like that. Or like, even uh, um, you mentioned the barrels. Like imagine if like a bourbon, just like a distiller aged a small batch in one of the a bit like a stout barrel or something, something that had stout in it, and then released a small batch of that. And did the same that's thing. Cool. Yeah, we've reached out to a couple of distilleries recently to try to see if we can get some like a uh, small batch, black with beautiful bottles out there. Um, yeah, I have a really good, I have a really good friend out here named Brad who uh, does a lot of facilitating for uh, barrel picks. Um, you know, Texas has a good bourbon scene, so yeah. he does a lot of different. He does a lot of different barrel picks and stuff like that. So. We've reached out to uh, Heaven Hill and a couple yeah. other places, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, they'll want to get involved. I love, I love that. that. That's so cool. Like, you're turning it into an actual movement. Yeah, it's a full cool movement. I think it's actually cooler because it's, if it goes beyond beer, there's something even more beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. Pardon the pun, I guess. But, like, <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like, that is yeah. just so cool that they would even want to, that other industries would be, like, because it speaks to, like you said, it's not political. It's yeah, human. It's human. It's human. Yeah. And until, if... One group of people is being attacked, and less, until that's fixed, we're all going to be attacked. It's going to come around eventually. So I think it's really, really important. And what this stands for is it's resonated with the world in a way, as you know, we've all seen, mm-hmm. um, in a way that's never happened before. And, and then puts money in the local again, yeah, and which it I just, also love as well. Yeah, yes, yeah. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen everybody really, and researching. It's made, made breweries, like we've seen our friends, and they've hit me up like, yo, what do you think of this organization? Because they know that we maybe know a little more about it, so they'll hit us up and they'll be like, "Yeah, what do you guys think of this? Is this?" Uh, I mean, I, I like it. that you did know your rights. I thought that was very important too, um, and I don't know if you want to speak more to that, but like, I, I think it's important that we're giving to Black Lives Matter, but know your right. Like that is the issue, a main issue that it looks like, or anything that surrounds legal. I think it's super important I as felt, well. Yeah, I mean, you know, dealing with a lot of the legal issues, but then I felt like it kind of went full circle, especially with what happened with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the reason why Cap was kneeling in the first place. Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've kind of have kind of tr- transitioned as far as how much money I want to donate to them. Um, you know, we started asking people, you know, people to donate locally. And so I was like, you know, I should probably choose somebody locally too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be donating some money to the Hunter Black Men in San Antonio as well. Uh, they're an organization that really resonated with me uh, as a youth. I was in a very similar program mm-hmm. of like a, a black mentorship program. Every cool. Saturday I would go for homework there. You know, there'd be older uh, black males who would help with mentorship, you know, keep you out cool. of trouble. You know, said the N word, you had and push-ups. <laughs> I love uh, that. I love that. So that's the type of thing that I grew up in as a youth. And so um, to see that happening in San Antonio and 
see some of the devotion that they're putting into the community and helping these young black males, um, you know, get further into business and economics, um, even working with high schools and stuff like that. It really resonated with me. And so actually a majority will be going to them mm-hmm. and then we'll be sending about 25% to the Know Your Rights camp. And what's the name? 100 Black Men? Uh, the 100 Black Men San Antonio. Okay. But they have chapters all over. Yeah, they have chapters okay. all over. The United Just so we'll put it in the link in the description. Yeah, we can put well, any of so. these links if it's helpful yeah. uh, in the description as well once we drop. Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's really cool. That's really a, a really intelligent way to, to, to disperse the money. I saw a lot of the, the folks out here. I don't think there was there's as many organizations up here. I know people were doing giving it to like Black Lives Matter Toronto, the Toronto chapter, and Black there's one called uh-huh. Black Health Canada that people were given to. But I'm not too sure about um, anywhere else. That I one sounds say cool. People, I would say the people to look beyond Black Lives Matter. Yeah, right? that's like there's one thing. Local, there's local local entities and different things that that money could be better used for than the actual the actual business of Black Lives Matter. Um, I would definitely suggest taking a a step further and doing some research and trying to donate to entities, foundations, and charities that are going to benefit locally uh, than the Black Lives Matter Foundation. Um, This is my personal opinion on that. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like investing more in the community-based programs that are more long-term thinking in a way and have exactly. more long-term effects than no that makes and sense. there was that scam did exactly. you see there was a, a a registered company called black lives matter foundation which is not the black lives matter movement and, and they were just taking money and just running with it. did crazy. you see that no, i didn't yeah see that. they no, I literally there are i i don't i don't believe they didn't say all i saw was they said it's like a, a just an llc that was not affiliated with the other black lives matter movement but they're just asking for it they're registered as that, and they just taking the money. That's running. crazy. You so definitely like, got to do your research about where your money is going. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So with this whole thing, I mean, I, I would argue. Tell me if I, if you feel this way, but I feel like it's kind of put you guys on the map in a way that maybe you weren't before because this has resonated and gone so far because it, like it's an idea and and it's a sentiment that's beyond just a great beer. Um, how do you feel this has impacted your brand and sort of, you know, what Weathered Souls is about? It and, you know, like, yeah, how do you feel? It what, what definitely do you think? has put us in the public eye. <laughs> so I think over the course of the last month and a half, <clears> we've <throat> had about 12,000 followers on Instagram. Damn. Uh, you know, a ton on Facebook. I've even had a lot and I don't even post on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm more... <clears throat> Facebook guy, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely put us more in the for- the more of the public forefront, more in the public eye. I've had to stop talking shit online. <laughs> I don't know who's watching at this point, uh, you know that type of thing. So, I mean, it's it's been great, but you know, at the end of the day, the the overall message and initiative isn't about me or the brewery. We were just the catalyst to spark it. Um, so, you know, of course you want to, we want, obviously want to do well, especially during, during COVID, but I'm more so just happy that the initiative is taking off and, and people are taking it seriously and making the effort to be involved. I yeah. love it. No, it's amazing, man. It's really Yeah, I cool. have even like in other accounts <clears throat> seen, um, 
just like uh sorry like travel and leisure or food and drink i just saw you guys come up it's just like other things like uh-huh. i'm not in the beer world like if i'm not even in a beer world i've just seen like this yeah you guys come up so it's just oh, great yeah, you're just touching over everything the last, over the last month and a half i think i've done at this point about 80 interviews and podcasts wow Jeez, so that, is that and that's an i imagine that was a little more than usual. <laughs> sorry yeah, a little more. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, you know, uh, now that it's been a month and a half in, it's slowed down. Now it's maybe like two a day. But <laughs> when it first started out, it was like on the hour, on the hour. Like, oh, my gosh. Videos, yeah. Um, which is just good to get the word out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, hopefully, like I said, we don't want to lose momentum. There's 8,000 breweries in the United States, and we're only at 1,000. Mm-hmm. So you know this this movement actually says it means a lot. So hopefully you know we can continue to keep that momentum going, yeah. seeing more people get involved, more businesses and industries getting involved, and we see this thing blow up even more than it already has. Yeah. I really hope it does too, man. It's it's incredible, and just the potential for what this is after talking to you in more detail is is beyond anything uh, I came into this chat like. Imagine it's insane. It's so so dope. Yeah. Um, we have uh, a couple comments here. Bruce Morris, a good friend of ours, actually Canadian, living in Dallas. He said, "Can I buy some up in Dallas?" Um, he said, "Tiffany, educate Marcus about social media." <laughs> he says he uses Facebook. He just He's doesn't want Facebook. Instagram. It's okay. It's okay. That's all. <laughs> um, yeah. So for people in, in Dallas, Marcus, how can people get weathered souls? Can they? Yeah. Uh, so blackisbeautiful.beer website. Um, actually has all the breweries involved. Uh, so you can go to blackbeautiful.beer, mm-hmm. uh, bring up Texas, and it will show you all the breweries involved. Uh, but off the top of my head, um, I know Celeste did a version of it. Uh, Turning Point in Bedford is releasing their version this week. Those are some really good friends of mine. I'm really excited about their version. Um, but yeah, that's off the top of my head. Um, and then, yeah. <clears throat> website would definitely provide him with any more information as far as who's actually releasing yeah. the beer. What about uh, for your beer in general? Because, you know, it's funny, Bruce is actually coming up to Canada. He's bringing some Trader Joe's for us because uh, we can't get back over uh, the border. So, like, Bruce, if there's any uh, Weathered Souls you can get, man, uh, put them in the package. Can he buy uh, Weathered Souls beer in, in Dallas or is that something he have to come to San Antonio for? Um, so, pre-pandemic, we were uh, in Dallas. But we haven't delivered out there in months, especially with bars and stuff like that closed. Okay. Um, so, I mean, if he drives through San Antonio um, on the way up, we'll make sure we set a four-pack aside for you guys. Oh, our release for the yeah. Our next release for Black is Beautiful will be uh, August 1st. August 1st? Okay. Bruce, I'll, I'll talk to you about it after, Bruce. But uh, So if, you, if you're driving through San Antonio, let us know. I'm not sure about the geography of... Where Dallas? We've been to Austin. We've been to Dallas, but I don't recall. I want to visit Dallas Airport. So oh, you went to the airport. We went to Austin. We went to yeah. South by. But like, yeah. Like, yeah. Where, where's the? Is San Antonio south of Dallas or north? North, eh? So you would have to, if you wanted to come to San Antonio from Dallas, you would have to drive through Austin. Austin is before. Austin is before San Antonio. West or east? You're San, asking me questions I don't know. Yeah, about. San, San Antonio is south, south of us. That's the wrong way. Okay, south of you, so it's yeah, not south of us. That's the other way. Yeah, okay. okay, all right. 
Um, we'll just have to just keep staying on the ass of all the Canadians and yeah, Quebecois man. to like get right. on this. You know, like two in Quebec is not okay, guys. I just want to. It's point really that not, out. especially because you know we kill stouts. So yeah, Quebec is really good with stouts, and I'm I'm really yeah. sort of shocked. I, there was one girl that we sort of know on on social who was like tagging all the Everybody Quebec breweries and, like, and just what being like, problem? guys, what are you doing about this? Are you going to try and tag in all the breweries? Which is great. Kind of I was funny. like, yes, hold them accountable. Like, yeah, yeah, but, yell um, at them. Yeah, um, but yeah, two out of that's. I Two out of like, I think there's a couple hundred, yeah. close to a couple hundred. Yeah, I mean that's not not cool. I mean even 25 in Ontario, we yeah, I think they have 250 beer. That's 10. percent Yeah, they could do better. 250 breweries. Sorry. Um, yeah, I really yeah. want to see more up in Canada. I think that like if this is now that I know that it's a longer term thing, I feel like there's even more value to it as opposed to like not to discredit that like the other half thing went really well, and I saw a huge uptake on that. I thought it was really cool. Um, because that was the focus at the time. And like you said, it was for just for breweries to kind of reinvest into the hospitality industry. But it was essentially more of a short-term concept to sort of like give people a boost in the meantime while shit was kind of rough. But this is a long-term thing. So even if they don't get it until later, it's cool. So it's yes. not too late, guys, but like stop fucking around. Really. Yeah. Or at least make show your attention to get it done. Yeah. I yeah, feel like it's going to move. Quebec is an interesting place. It's uh, yeah. I feel like they're a little more disconnected from from the rest of the world. But here in Montreal, Quebec is one thing, but yeah. Montreal, is there's another? no excuse. Montreal is the most diverse. It's the second biggest city in Canada. It is quite diverse um, as far as you know, ethnically, culturally. So yeah. and Canada's not without its problems. So yeah, we are not like uh, this is an American issue. As much we talk about politics as well, like and it's 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 not politics. And it's not it's not solely for the US. Like Canada yeah. has its problems too. Exactly. So we can recognize that and I think this speaks to everybody. So yeah. get your act together. God damn it. I'm looking what, at the mic because I'm talking to Yeah, the looking at it. Like, oh, <laughs> make sure you hear it. What um what was the country that tripped you out the most when you saw that they joined in on the initiative? I think the one that made me the most happy was Rwanda. Oh, that's right. amazing. Oh, is that the brewery that starts with K? I think so. Yes, because I... just to see... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know who they are. Africa, like, for it to reach Africa, like, that was definitely a, a highlight for me, for sure. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Funny story, they were partially funded by a brewery called Bows, just outside of Montreal, up halfway between here and Ottawa. Um, they went there and helped them set it up, and, and um, I think they either partially funded or at least helped them guide. Um, and yeah, I think they're, they, they, they started... Pardon? Vietnam is on here. Vietnam? Oh, is it um, Dark Dark Hearts or something? Yeah, right. Vietnam, Japan, the Philippines. Mixed 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 okay. I didn't even know. Switzerland. I think there's a Switzerland brewery. Damn. That is so crazy. Wales as well. Yeah. Hey, go, go to Vermont, VT, because we're, we're there. We go to Vermont a lot because it's like 45 minutes to the yeah. border from here. Uh, we've got Good Measure. Oh, wow. Flash, the Alchemist. Alchemist. No foam? Come yeah, on, come on, man. I'm surprised um, uh, Burlington Beer Co. didn't do Burlington it. Burlington Beer Co. is not here. And they make well, look, I know Vermont's very white. It's still. No, it's still. Hey, Fun fact, Vermont is the second whitest place. Did I say Victoria? Did I say Victoria? Or the first. Go um, that. Is that VS? Go. Is that Victoria. like a... Dollar Bill. One in Australia, Mr. Banks didn't do it? Mm. Uh, I'm going to talk to my friend because <laughs> that's where I'm from. So I'm going to talk. i got a couple friends out there that I know that are uh, in beer and he does fire stouts. So I'm going to have a chat yeah, with him. Yeah, to have a conversation. Like, dude, get the fuck on that. But yeah, it's pretty, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's just, a cool list, man. It's just such a, yeah, it's so cool to see. South Korea, like, that's South just, Korea's pretty crazy. That, that's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even just thinking about them having craft beer is kind of wild. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because when I think right. about these places, I'm like, you have yeah. craft beer, much yeah. less that you're actually committing to such an important to, issue oh, on the other side of the world. And you, New Brunswick's Trailway didn't do it? So, yeah. So, yeah, we have a lot of people to shame. But that's fine. That's good. Not shame. shame. Sorry. Right. Shame. I mean, talk to, speak to, ask. Yeah, let them know. just have ask. questions to ask. Let them know what's all. going on. Right. Um, but, you know, this is incredible. You know, a thousand breweries, 50 states, 19 countries. Like that. Oh, so it is updated right now. A thousand and seventeen Because you told us that's yeah. exactly what you said just before. Yeah, a thousand and seventeen so. breweries, 50 states. It's just incredible. So, yeah, it's so important what you're doing. Yeah, man. I love yeah. it. What, what would be... Uh, What's the sort of ultimate goal now? Now that the goalposts continually are moving bigger and bigger, bigger, like, do you have any sort of like numbers or sort of like, if this happened, this would be amazing now? Or is it kind of just like, at this point, everything's kind of being blown out the water? Yeah, I'm more so, I'm just trying to see where things go at this point. I've I've, uh, stopped trying to set goals um, as far as where I see it goes. the the passion of the project has definitely grown as it uh, was originally initiated. Um, so hopefully, you know, we just kind of see it expand and continue to expand. Um, I'm in the process of writing my first uh, press release um, just so we can start trying to get the message more out there and yeah. things like that. Um, but I just want to see it grow and people continue to get involved and continue to get the message out. I love it. It's wicked, man. I um, love everything you do. When are you swimming with the sharks again? Yeah, in, yeah. So what's the Hawaii? date for when the Hawaii? Are we waiting for COVID or what's the deal? Sharks yeah, are safe, right? Uh, <laughs> me and the wife might take a trip out there eventually. I don't know about swimming with sharks, but I might put my feet in the water. There you go. It's a start. Baby steps, right? <laughs> I don't know if I'd swim with sharks either. No, definitely pretty, not. Pretty <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Maybe like the Hawaiian sharks are probably soft. No, they want to go to Australia and do it with the big bastards. Like, yeah. That's crazy. Um, amazing. Yeah, out so, of control. Um, man, I really appreciate your time. This has been fantastic, bro. Thank you so much. Um, this has really given us some really good insight onto everything you're doing. This is I've been looking forward to this for a while. Just We've been talking to your team on social uh, about doing this for probably a month now. So um, it was great just to hear it from from your map directly how it all came about and, and what you're doing it's super powerful and I uh, just you know much respect and I love everything that this stands for and it's really amazing to see an idea that just started from something like pure and, and authentic and just expand and catch on because it's exactly what it is and spread to yeah. that many countries I mean like it's it's, it's, it's incredible so you know congratulations and, mm-hmm. and you know much respect on that and I just hope it keeps getting bigger and better yeah Thank you. I appreciate that. Man, anytime. Uh, can you please let the people know where they can find you online? Yes. Yeah, so, Weather Souls uh, Brewing on Instagram, Weather Souls Brewing Co. on Facebook. Uh, me personally, uh, if you want to follow my Instagram, it is. Uh, oh, you really uh, don't weather- use it. <laughs> I don't even know what my Instagram feed is. <laughs> that oh. just shows you how much I actually use it. I think it's Weather Souls underscore Marcus or something like that. <laughs> uh, but check. either way, you know, the the main thing to focus on is following the hashtag, uh, the Black is Beautiful Beer on Instagram. Uh, you know, make sure you're tagging your favorite breweries. Make sure, yep, there you go. Make sure you're tagging your favorite breweries. Uh, make sure, you know, uh, anybody that you see that's not involved, 
uh, you're getting in their ass about it so we can get more people uh, to get signed up and get that message out there. I love it. Amazing. Just before we sign off uh, on the podcast part, I wanted to want to grab a screenshot for the thumbnail for YouTube yeah. because when I do it afterwards, yeah, it has all crap on it. Oh, yeah. Good call. Good call. Okay. Good pick. So maybe hold up the can or something because the yeah, can the is can? Uh, I have uh, – can you hold maybe one of those? This is what we're doing. Do you want to move it too closer to your face a little because we have like a split screen thing going yeah, on? There perfect, you go. Perfect. perfect. Ready? Perfect. Did that come out good? Is everyone looking pretty? There we go. Amazing. Uh, Mark, hang on. Once I finish the podcast part, then we'll finish up the live, and then we'll finish up the Skype. So just stick around for a sec. Um, Matt, appreciate your time. Genuinely, thank you so much. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, mate, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at Podcast. Check out the long-form audience. You can hear bloody legends like Marcus talk about craft beer. Mate, that is it. We'll see you on the next episode. Get in here. Cheers.